Welcome in to Better Advertising with Better AMS. I am your host, Justin Knuckles, and today's episode will be a look at DSP remarketing strategies across the buyer journey with my good friend Nio from the Better AMS team. Nio and I hosted a webinar in mid-October, and we wanted to bring that same presentation and content to everyone here on the podcast. Many customers need to see your product a few times after the first visit to your detail page to purchase, and we'll explain how DSP can be used to precisely target and remarket to the right shoppers, and how to use what you're already doing on PPC to improve your DSP strategies. We do have slides and visuals to go along with today's show, so we recommend to listen on Spotify as you can see the video there. If you're not on Spotify, no worries, we'll have the full presentation on our Better AMS YouTube channel. So with that, we will jump into the show. Enjoy. Let's do it. Um, how to capture lost shoppers, as Nio said, with Amazon DSP. So a little bit about us, um, Nio. You you can go first. Sure thing. So I am Nio, just one name. So just kind of rolling with it. Name's Nio Olson Star. Um, I've been an Amazon advertising manager since 2019. Uh, I'm a stand-up comedian. If you're here in Dublin, come say hi. Um, I'm in Ireland, so it's currently 7 p.m. here. And I'm originally from New Zealand, in case you were trying to pick the accent. But yeah, nice to meet you, everyone. Naya doesn't need a last name. She's iconic. Just one name like Beyonce. (laughs) So my name is Justin. Um, I've been around the Amazon space for about three years, doing advertising um, as well as private label from the creation sourcing suppliers point to the selling to aggregators and the exit point. So I've seen um, all phases of the, the private label brand. Um, currently the podcast host here at Better AMS and obviously a self-taught musician with some instruments here behind me. Um, again, based in Phoenix, Arizona, out in the, the sunny, hot desert. So we will jump right in. What are we going to cover today? Um, first, starting with what is Amazon DSP? I'm not sure how many people have actually you know used it or had experience with it. Um, we also cover the advertising differences from what you might be doing in PPC. Um, and I will cover a little bit of the DSP journey um, and how it can be used across the awareness point at the top of funnel down to the loyalty point at the bottom of the funnel, um, covering ideal brands that would be great for DSP and using it, and then how to get started if that is your um, next step. All right, we'll start off with what is Amazon DSP. For the technical definition, it is a platform that allows brands to program- programmatically purchase, display, and video ads that appear across Amazon's network and own properties. Um, In simpler terms, what does this really look like? It's a platform that's separate from your PPC advertising, be utilized to run audience-based advertising campaigns on and off Amazon. So to peel the onion back one layer and show what that looks like and highlighting some key differences between PPC and DSP, uh, we're gonna cover the placements, the bidding model, and the audience targeting differences from sponsor products, brands, and display. So getting into it, we'll start with placements. The high selling point of DSP is you get placements that um, PPC does not give you reach to. So obviously that'll be on amazon.com, placements on the homepage, product detail pages, review pages, search results, so on and so forth. Uh, It has a lot of overlap with sponsored display if you're currently utilizing that ad type. But what we also get is Amazon owned and operated websites and apps. Showing off a few here right now, Zappos, IMDb, Twitch, to name a few, as well as Amazon devices like the Echo, Fire TV, Fire Tablet, and Kindle. Also, a few other affiliate websites and apps in Amazon's network. Um, So a bunch of placements that you don't get through PPC. 
and creative branded ads. So these look similar too, but um, much more enhanced than your normal sponsored display ads. See so quite a few customized um, branded um, placements. So you get much more control over, you know, that branded touch point with your customer. Over on the bidding model, with PPC, we're obviously paying a cost per click. With DSP, we're using a CPM model. Um, that is a acronym for cost per thousand impressions. Um, and this can float. This can be a fixed, hard fixed uh, bid per 1,000 impressions, or it can float based on the, um, you know, the target you're going for. So we can show a few differences here between like a $30, $30 CPM up to a $73 CPM. Um, and we can see that these are very different um, kinds of products, right? We have a much lower price product, much higher price product, very different um, CPMs. So um, you have to look into your, your market and how granular you want to be. Audience targeting, we get to go after custom built audiences here. With PPC, you're obviously targeting a, a product or a customer search term. And everyone who goes to that product or goes to that search term um, potentially sees your ads. Here we get to be a bit more granular um, and we can set parameters around, you know, shoppers who visited an ASIN but didn't purchase in the past year, basic remarketing. Customers who have purchased maybe a complimentary ASIN and haven't visited your other ASIN that you're now advertising on. So we can cross sell people who have already maybe had an experience with your brand and now we're showing them another product. Shoppers who have visited competitor ASINs but haven't purchased. So, you know, they're in that consideration phase of the funnel and Niall will get there. Um, on targeting across the funnel, but maybe they haven't pulled the trigger on actually buying a product yet, and we can still win that customer over. Um, we can also do demographic, geographic, browsing device across desktop versus mobile exclusions. So much more um, refinement within our audience targeting with DSP. Um, this obviously yields more relevant ads for shoppers. Uh, with sponsored display alone, if you're using that ad type for remarketing, some portion of your ad spend is, is wasted. Um, not to your fault or, or bad ad setup. It's just we can't exclude shoppers who have already purchased your product with sponsored display. Um, we can also see shoppers who are looking at different products in your catalog, um, maybe getting served an ad for a different product. So that's a poor shopper experience than maybe using DSP. And then for you as the advertiser, as the brand owner, you get more insight and precision around your, your data, seeing exactly which ASINs are spending and which are converting and the efficiency of that through ROAS. So jumping over to, does this make sense for you? Well, if you're already running PPC, DSP is, is a great second step. You know, getting people to your detail page is a great starting point, but then we can really utilize that and people who haven't converted yet via PPC with custom audiences. So we can see this example, maybe we're paying upwards of $30 cost per click for top of search, highly competitive keywords. Those that don't convert, because you know not everybody will convert, we can now remarket to via DSP, people that have viewed the product um, and we earned their, their impression via a $30 cost per click can now be marketed to with DSP, um, excluding again, those that have already purchased. So we're not wasting ad spend on those who don't need our product. And now, Niall, I will throw it over to you. Sounds good. All right, cool. So I'll kind of take you through how does DSP fit into the customer journey? Um, so obviously, you've got a bunch of people on Amazon shopping. So how do you really take that large amount of traffic, turn it into leads, which then obviously hopefully brings in more sales to your brand? 
Um, so essentially with the customer journey, we're looking to find your target audience on Amazon, generate those high quality leads, and then move them through the buyer's journey until they're ready to purchase and then grow those into meaningful customer relationships. So when we talk about kind of marketing funnel and customer journey, this is the kind of board down version um, of what that looks like. And so we'll go through each uh, different part of the funnel in depth, but this is what it is overall. So you've got awareness, consideration, purchase intent and evaluation, purchase, and then loyalty. So the idea is that we're all trying to get more customers towards that purchase phase, and then hopefully to be very loyal to your brand. Um, so we actually have someone at Better MS, Destiny Wishon. She is very loyal to Nike as a brand or Nike, however you say it. Um, so that would be an example of someone very loyal to a brand. So let's get into it. Awareness, right? Customers are in your target audience on Amazon. And then as you move into consideration, those are the actual customers that are engaged in the category. They're actively choosing between alternatives. Then we move further down, we've got purchase intent and evaluation. So the customers are browsing your brand. You've got this data that backs up the fact that they've clicked on your products, they're reading through, they're looking at your different ASINs, and they're really reviewing the product before they make their purchase. And obviously it's everyone's favorite, it's purchase. And when we talk about loyalty with kind of marketing and, and your customers, it's really about those who have signed up for subscribe and save offers, if that's relevant to your products, or they've actually engaged with their, your full portfolio and they're aware of your different products on offer. So let's get into our top four DSP strategies. And so these are gonna hit different areas of the funnel and it'll play into kind of this highly granular uh, customized targeting that is available on Amazon DSP. So we'll have uh, first up some loyalty DSP strategies, moving into purchase intent and evaluation, um, then further up to consideration, and lastly, this kind of broad awareness strategy. So just before we get into it um, for each of the strategies, uh, this will be the structure going on because with DSP, it is extremely easy to get really stuck in the weeds and lots of complicated and messy kind of numbers and this and that. So I've really kind of focused on these main building blocks of your DSP campaigns. So you're going to have the audience that you're actually targeting. You're going to have the ad that you're showing them. And then you'll have the audience that we're excluding. So then when we talk about DSP, it's all about kind of, all right, who can you actually layer on so that we're not targeting it to shoppers who have already made that purchase? Um, and that's really that kind of heavy leverage with DSP as an ad platform. So loyalty, okay? DSP strategy number one, this is loyalty. This is really gonna hit on cross promotion to shoppers who have purchased from your brand previously. And we'll kind of touch on uh, seasonality, matching designs, complementary products with a few examples. But overall, this is what your kind of building blocks for a loyalty strategy campaign are going to look like. So for your audience, let's say you're going to target shoppers who have purchased your product X. Okay. And you're going to be showing them an ad that has product Y with a custom creative. 
And when I talk about, you know, shoppers who have purchased your product X, with Amazon DSP, we have a purchase window of up to 365 days. So if someone purchased your product six months ago, chances are we can add that into a campaign and target them. So you really have that leverage. It could be one day, it could be 365 days. As long as you have sufficient traffic, um, we can actually target that via DSP. So loyalty is all about targeting an audience who has purchased one of your products and showing them another one. And when we talk about this exclusion here, it'll kind of get a bit repetitive as you'll see, but we're gonna be excluding shoppers who previously purchased product Y. Essentially, whatever ad we're hitting them with, we wanna make sure that they haven't already made that purchase because then it's likely gonna just be wasted spend and you're not gonna get any conversions from it. So let's see what this looks like. This is an example, just completely random example I pulled for Fortnite as a brand, okay? Um, we don't manage their ads, but please, if you play Fortnite, if your kids play Fortnite, chuck it in the chat, all right? We'll get some engagement going on. But uh, this is what it'll look like for seasonality, as an example. So you have an audience and you're targeting all your shoppers who purchase this beautiful little Fortnite graphic wallet, yes? And you're going to be showing them your Fortnite backpack. Okay, and when we talk about seasonality, maybe this is during your back to school drive. It's July, it's August. So you know that that's when your conversions for your backpack backpack really start to ramp up. Uh, and then what you can actually exclude is make sure that, you know, if shoppers within this target audience have already made their purchase on your backpack, just exclude them. And that will make sure that you're really only showing to shoppers who, who have a higher chance of conversion. When we talk about matching designs, um, that can be great if you have a really big portfolio. Obviously, if they purchase this nice wallet that has some llamas on it, you could show them the matching t-shirt and again, exclude shoppers who have already made that purchase. And then for complementary products, um, this will especially be important moving into quarter four as people are buying Christmas presents, um, they're you know looking for stocking stuffers and all that good stuff. Um, so with this, they purchase the wallet, you can show them a gift card and make sure that you exclude it as well. So the loyalty play is all about kind of showing and your customers possible cross-promotion opportunities um, and be as customized as possible. So we can move further up the funnel to purchase intent. Okay, so this is our DSP strategy number two. And this is where we're going to remarket to shoppers who have engaged with and shown an interest in your product. So our target audience here within your campaign will be shoppers who have viewed your product. And when we talk about views on Amazon DSP, we have a look back window of up to 90 days. So again, if they saw it in the past week or in the past day or in the past two months, we can target them as long as there is sufficient tra uh, traffic to that listing. So that'll be the audience raptor. Show them a nice custom creative. And again, we're going to exclude those who have already made a purchase because they're beyond intent. You know, they've already moved further down the funnel. We're trying to get those shoppers who are just still in that decision phase of their purchase. So what does this look like? Okay, with your audience and you've got all these quality leads, those are people or shoppers who have viewed your product but haven't purchased it. 
And those could be shoppers that came in via organic traffic. You know, they just were searching on Amazon. They happened to click on your product. Uh, they could have come from PPC campaigns. Maybe they came from social. Essentially, there's been a lot of investment that you've made to get shoppers to your product listings. And you know how quickly it is when you're on Amazon, you're browsing, and then you'll click to a few different ASINs. This is really trying to get them to add it to their cart, remind them of your value, um, and obviously, hopefully, lead to a purchase. And again, we're going to make sure they're getting a really nice custom creative, and we're going to be excluding those who already made a purchase. That is really just about reinvesting and making sure that you're taking advantage of those quality leads because, again, you've invested so much to get there, so it's really just about pushing them even a little bit further towards that purchase. Moving up again, so this is DSP strategy number three. This is that consideration phase, right? So we're trying to encourage shoppers to consider your product over others at key intervals. So you can look at kind of price or quality comparisons. Um, and there's different intervals here with a pre-purchase or during replenishment. And we'll get into some examples for both. But essentially what's going to happen is that your target audience will be shoppers who viewed or possibly purchased competitive products because they're in that alternatives shopping phase. Show them a nice custom creative and exclude those who already made a purchase. So what would a price comparison look like? Um, now, if you use PBC, you'll probably have similar strategies going on. But with DSP, we are able to target shoppers who viewed more expensive competitive products, let's say in the past seven days. If you wanted, you could also layer on specific um, like uh, lifestyles or demographics that may be relevant. So for example, there's a lifestyle for bargain hunters and deal seekers. So if you know that you've got the lowest possible um, price for your niche, then that could be a really interesting um, audience to like build with because with Amazon DSP, you can layer in all of these different targets and audiences. Then with your ad, obviously you're gonna have a custom creative and indicate your value. Now, the nice thing with exclusion is that we can actually exclude shoppers who not only purchased either our product, but also the product that we're targeting. So for example, if we're, you know, this big shot microwave company, okay, and we're going after all the other microwaves on Amazon that are top ranks. If someone has already bought a microwave, they're not gonna be interested in buying your microwave. So when that is kind of being into play, you can always exclude competitors' purchases as well. That is always an option with Amazon DSP. So during replenishment, there's a few options here. This is an example with coffee. Um, so if your target audience is shoppers who purchased a competitive product, in this example with a 30-day supply, you know, it's got a 30-count coffee pods. Let's assume that uh, they're drinking a cup of coffee a day. We're going to show them our custom creative at exactly the right time. Now, how we do that is what, that we can actually exclude shoppers who have purchased in the past 20 days. So if it's a 30-day supply and we're making sure it's not been in the past 20 days, we're really showing them that DSP ad 
as soon as they're thinking, oh, I need to get more coffee um, or I'm thinking about trying something new, um, you're really coming in at the exact right time that they might be more willing to make a purchase. Now, the really cool thing here is that Amazon has recently came out with a new beta target, and that is subscribe and save shoppers. So we can actually target shoppers with an active subscribe and save subscription to a competitor product. And again, we can put in the exact same exclusion to make sure that we're only showing up when there's that higher chance of getting a conversion. Um, so I highly recommend checking this out, especially if you have kind of replenishable repeat purchase items. And last but not least, and we've got some really cool examples here for awareness campaigns in DSP strategy. So awareness is obviously the kind of much bigger funnel. It's about finding your Amazon shoppers who fit into your target audience profile. Um, so obviously there are millions and millions of people on Amazon shopping you want to make sure that you're actually being able to find those people and generate leads to go into your customer journey and go further down the marketing funnel. But so how do we get there? How do we kind of attract those new shoppers? Well, what we'll do is that we will target uh, shoppers in your brand's ideal audience. And we can build very customized, very granular targeting um, because of Amazon's first party data. Uh, we're going to show them a custom creative. And again, with our exclusion, we're actually going to make sure that these shoppers have not already engaged with your brand. So when I say engagement, I mean they haven't even seen your product. They haven't viewed your product or purchased it. So that's where you can kind of layer on exclusions within your audiences as well. So you can make sure that it's not shoppers who have bought your product and it's not shoppers who have viewed your product. So we're truly going after a new to brand play for lead generation. So let's go through each of these different options here with a few examples. So you've got uh, demographic. These are fairly self-explanatory. So you've got age, assets, education, gender, home ownership, household income, language, occupation, relationship, now, again, you're probably not going to be targeting just one of these. You know, you're not wanting to target all women shopping on Amazon at all times. That's just such a huge amount of people. But demographic, um, demographic audiences can be great to layer in. So, for example, if you are selling phone cases, but you're selling, you know, like pink glittery phone cases with diamonds and like cute stuff that I want to look at, then maybe you'll have this kind of phone case niche layered in with a demographic of gender. Uh, you could also do that, for example, if you've got kind of DIY house products, um, you can actually differentiate between shoppers who are renting and shoppers who have purchased and owned their own home. Um, you know, if there's some kind of product that will be there permanently or it's something that you can move when you're renting. Um, so definitely a lot of options there for demographics. Then as we move into in-market, there's a lot of options here, slightly more specific to category level. And so this is how Amazon describes in-market. This is shoppers with specific buying intent behaviors showing signals that they will soon purchase an item within the category. Um, so Amazon has a lot of data, and this is uh, extremely accurate. 
So here's just a few call outs I have. I tried to find the most random audiences that I could find just for a bit of fun. So you could go after shoppers who are in market for luxury skincare and anti-aging products. You could go after shoppers who are in market for baby items from three to 12 months. Uh, you could also go for in-market for Father's Day gifts. So they do have a few of these kind of more um, event or, or uh, holiday specific as well. But you'll see there are a bunch of different options to choose from. Moving into interest or lifestyle, uh, Amazon describes this as habitual buyers of the category on a long-term basis. And this is based on real-time Amazon browsing history. Um, and a few little shout outs here. So, you know, you've got lifestyle as athleisure. That's a huge thing that's blowing up, uh, especially in e-commerce now. So that is something that's important to target. Lifestyle Terminator movie fans, slightly less relevant in 2022. But um, I always have hope that there are some brands out there that are just selling, I don't know, Terminator cool stuff. Moving on, we've got lifestyle for green and environmentally conscious. Um, so if you're wanting to kind of have that within your brand, um, you've made sure that the packaging is very eco-friendly, you can actually make sure that you're targeting shoppers who value that aspect of your brand. And lastly, we've got a lifestyle of cat lovers. Um, and if you wanted to target some people from Better AMS, you will find them within the lifestyle of cat lovers. Okay, we have Taylor. Adam and Destiny uh, as a nice little shout out for our cat lovers. Um, and I think we'll chuck in a poll whether if you're a cat or a dog person, because I know Justin's actually a dog dad to three different dogs at the moment. So um, shout out to all our pet parents. Interesting find. Uh, you can actually not target dog um, dog lovers on DSP. So DSP is preferential to cat cat lovers. <laughs> I will briefly mention life event. So um, this is an interesting one for Amazon. So they've got a few different ones here. It could be a life event of getting married, uh, could be a new parent. And Amazon describes this as customers who have recently shopped for baby products on Amazon. So just kind of seeing a bit more behind the scenes for how they are um, getting some of this data. Um, it could be a new pet owner. Um, Justin has a really cute puppy, so maybe we'll get a shout out for him. Um, it could be recent movers, anywhere between one to three months. Uh, and Amazon shows this as shoppers whose address preferences indicate they have moved within the th last three months. Uh, they could have recently acquired a vehicle. They could have recently moved or they could be traveling soon. Um, so all kind of interesting things there. And then lastly, if you're kind of really after this awareness play and you're really just trying to kind of um, increase your brand name and your brand presence, um, streaming content can be a really interesting uh, audience to target. So obviously we can do people who streamed Prime Video and we can do people who watch Twitch. And so that could be uh, different movies or genres or actors, TV series, directors. Move to Twitch, it's more about categories and games, streamers and genres. So if you have like really specific merchandise 
to particular franchises, let's say Lord of the Rings, um, then this could be a really good option for highly granular, highly specific targeting uh, with Amazon DSP. And so with that, I will come back to the marketing funnel. So we've obviously kind of hit on a lot of strategies that are linked to different parts of the funnel. You're obviously going to be showing different ads to shoppers who are, you know, they've already made a purchase. You're trying to encourage loyalty versus this awareness play of getting as much traffic and leads as possible. Um, so just kind of briefly going down all of our different strategies here. You've got your awareness DSP strategy. Um, so this is where you're trying to leverage Amazon first party data to attract your target customers. And some of the data points here that are really useful are things like impressions and click-throughs. Then when we move to consideration DSP strategy, um, that's about promoting your products to the right people at the right time. And detailed page views can be a really helpful metric to understand that. Then into your purchase intent and evaluation DSP strategy, that's all about capturing shoppers who showed interest but are yet to convert. So those are your highest quality leads. And we actually have access to add to cart. So we can see which shoppers added this to their cart. Then for the purchase, obviously you can look at the purchase rate and your percentage of new to brand purchases. So if you're really trying to attract brand new customers, you can actually know exactly how much of your DSP is bringing in that new to brand um, uh, amount of people. And last but not least, you've got your loyalty DSP strategy, where you can really grow your customer lifetime value using cross-promotion. Yeah, that is everything from me right now. I believe Justin will jump into which are the ideal DSP brands. That was a lot of great info from Naya. In the meantime, covering ideal DSP brands. So Obviously, CPG or brands with repeat purchases um, are great to utilize DSP as we can target people that have purchased your product and haven't repeat purchased in you know, a recent time frame. Um, establish brands that want to leverage existing traffic. Again, having eyes on the detail page is a great start for us to build custom audiences with. Brands with high value, high value items and longer consideration phases um, obviously if you get one click on PPC and they might not purchase right away, we need to continue getting in front of them. Um, brands that want to expand advertising off of Amazon. If you've, you know, covered your bases with sponsored products, brands, and display might be time to start, um, looking at DSP and how that can, um, you know, piggyback off that traffic you're already paying for brands that can't be purchased on Amazon. This is why we see, you know, brands like Geico advertising on Amazon with their first party data. Um, you know, people that have recently bought cars are buying car accessories. Um, that is a great start for them to to market to those brand, uh, customers. Brands that want to dive into granular, customized audience targeting. Um, again, sponsored display will only get you so far. And those exclusions, uh, as I hope Nio has has explained, are everything. So looking at this list, I, I'm sure this covers most brands um, fall somewhere in this, this list. So... Um, if you want to get started with DSP advertising, you can talk to your Amazon ads account executive. Um, this typically requires a minimum spend of 50K upfront. Um, now that is not 50K spent in one month. I think that's a three month commitment. Um, but you can also reach out to agencies such as Better AMS. We don't have any set minimums for, for a brand to get started. Um, although at least $5,000, you know, 
per, per a product or a handful of products to get started makes sense um, to at least, you know, allow it to go long enough and be competitive enough to win impressions. So we are all wrapped up here. Thank you. Always reach out to Nio or myself or anyone at the Better IMS team. We're happy to get on a call or, or help you out with your questions, your specifics and your brand. So please let us know later on. And I appreciate everybody for being here today. I think Nio is having some internet issues. So I will thank everyone for her. So again, appreciate everyone's time today and we'll talk later.